everyone, and welcome once again to Starship Podcast Warlock. I am Drew. I am Jeff. And we're Drew and Jeff. That's how conjunctions work. So uh, this podcast, as hopefully you know by now, and hopefully you're not starting on the fifth one, that would be crazy, uh, is a watch-through of the British sitcom The Young Ones, which ran in 1982 and again in 1984. Uh, what we do is we talk a little bit at the beginning. We watch an episode of The Young Ones, uh, which this week is interesting. That's the name of the episode. Oh, really? How interesting. We then uh, comment over the episode uh, as, you know, tastefully as possible without completely ruining all the jokes by talking over them. Uh, and then after that, we talk a little bit more, and then the podcast ends, and you're left with your boring life until you hear the next one. You have to wait a whole other so week, that's, or however long it is. <laughs> or maybe instantaneously, if you're listening to this in the future. That's true. Um, Man, the future is amazing. So It really is great. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, in the future, we have 12 episodes of this podcast because that's how many episodes of the young ones there are, unless we decide to do some kind of bonus. Thing. True. But we're, we're only um, at number five right now. So today we're going to, we have a couple of topics we're going to talk about before we get into the show. So if you don't like this part, you can kind of fast forward from here on. Don't tell them that. <laughs> well, they always have that option. I'm just, well, then they don't need to know out. that. I don't think we should advertise that. Okay, I, okay. fine. Uh, it is not possible to fast forward this podcast. You want to you listen, to this. listen to this. This is interesting. Completely. You will. Yeah. Okay. You unfortunately can't see me. So like my, my hypnosis is not going to work on you, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, you know, it's working on me. I, I feel completely relaxed and in a trance at this point. Okay. Give me, uh, and willing Drew, to answer the give, questions, give me bucks. which I think you, what? Give me a hundred bucks. <laughs> it, was, okay. it was worth a try. Yep. You know, I'm stuffing it through the microphone mm-hmm. right now. So uh, you have hypnotized me into answering two questions that you proposed for our discussion. And I'll start with the first one, which is what else have you seen these actors in? And so we got five to choose from here. Um, and I suppose people could go to IMDb and look it up. But the, the operative word is you. So we'll answer that question uh, one by one. Jeff, who do you want to start with? Well, let's see. Um, I, I'm going to start with an atypical one, I think, which is I, I wanted to mention uh, Aid. So, uh, I mean, you know, okay. um, he's not the one that immediately comes to mind thinking the young ones. I mean, I, I, when thinking outside the young ones, you know, I mean, the, the role that I would most associate him with, if you ask me at most times in history, would be that uh, he shows up in an episode of uh, Blackadder playing uh, the Red Baron alongside uh, uh, yes. Rick Mail as, as Lord Flashheart. So a little uh, mini reunion uh, of them, um, uh, but uh, the thing I saw him in fairly recently that um, I think I must have been the only one in the theater giggling at that point. Um, and, and part of me said, "Is that really him?" But I was pretty sure right off the bat, even though he's playing very much against type, was that in Star Wars: The Last Jedi that he was an Imperial officer. He he spent most of his time interacting with Hux, and in fact, he's kind of on the bridge in the very beginning when when Poe is kind of like doing, hello, is is Hux there, blah, 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 blah. And, and so, um, Aid is playing very much the straight man and playing it very much straight, but like, I, I heard the the voice and I recognized the face almost immediately, and, and 
Um, you know, other people will complain about uh, being distracted by they didn't care what happened to Luke and and uh, and you know all the firestorm that interrupted with Rose, who I, I loved by the way. Um, so uh, um, incel fanboys can suck it, but um, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I was sitting there giggling from the beginning of the movie. I'm like, as soon as this is over, I need to look it up and see. Is that eight? Is that eight? And of course it was. Uh, yes. I, you know, I almost forgot about that. But of course, yes, it is. Uh, I mean, what what a feather in your cap, I think, to show up in a Star Wars movie. And in one of the best scenes of that movie, in my opinion. I, I think he was just jealous of the fact that two of his brethren were in Doctor Who and he needed a science fiction um, category of his own. I mean, but who doesn't want to be in a Star Wars This film? is true. It, uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, I think I'm trying to think what else I've seen Aid in. I think Abfab is the main I, right. one that comes to mind. Uh, yeah. That he, he has a minor pop in in one episode that Abfab, I mean, you know, go figure, considering that his uh, that his wife is one of the main characters. And in fact, um, spoiler alert, she shows up in the young ones in this particular in twice, including in this particular episode. Um, I, oh, I, yes. I find it very funny to imagine that perhaps that AIDS rather ridiculous uh, push ups that he's doing uh, in front of her is perhaps what um, perhaps attracted her to him uh, for the first place. <laughs> I, I'd like to imagine the, that. But the moment they fell in yes, love. Yes, clearly. And, and everyone can see it on the telly. Oh, wonderful. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen Aiden anything else. Uh, and I'm sure he must have been in something, but I'm not going to cheat and look it up. So I, I really don't know. Yeah. All right, so we've talked enough uh, about Aid. We've got. Yeah, I don't even remember if he was in the comic strip presents, but he must have been. So maybe that was the other yeah. thing. So uh, let's move on then to uh, well, let's cover Neil really quick, Nigel Planer. Um, I I'm struggling to think if I've seen him in in anything else. Uh, Blackadder, Blackadder three. Uh, well, you know, all the, this this makes perfect sense because Blackadder three is the one that I sort of remember the least. Oh, interesting. And I know that's I know that's heresy. Like it's supposedly the best one, but I, I don't know. No, most, I just, most people consider it's not my favorite. Most people, I think, consider two the best one strictly because of uh, oh, I Miranda Ritzerson. Yeah, I mean, th- three I would put as as my second favorite. To be honest, I mean, um, four has a lot to recommend as as well. But uh, but I have a I have a spot, soft spot for three, and in particularly the Scarlet Pimpernel episode because you've got you've got both Nigel and uh, and Tim McInerney uh, doing the uh, and Chris Barry. Like I mean that that's that's one oh, hell yes. of a lineup. Um, uh, were they the the kind of foppish actors who had to do the thing every time? Yes, they they were. Someone mentioned no no they Macbeth. No, they were the two Scarlet Pimpernels. Oh, you know what? I need to just watch yeah. this again. Yeah, I, I and uh, Chris Berry was the the um, uh, was the revolutionary that was. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, you know, if we eventually if do, you are listening, if we eventually do do Blackadder, uh, I can't wait to get to that episode because I love that episode unabashedly. Yeah, well, so I was going to say, if you are listening to this and uh, you are loving it, and you really want us to do more podcasts and more episodes than just uh, twelve, what am I saying? Of course you do. Uh, let us know that you'd like us to watch Blackadder and and talk about it in the same uh, absurd way. Yeah. So what he that said. was Nigel Planer. Uh, who who do you want to talk about next? Um, well, let's. Uh, I feel like we should talk about Rick Mail. I mean, uh, probably his uh, 
most well-known perhaps is, um, I was going to say Right Said Fred, um, is uh, Drop Dead Fred, <laughs> uh, um, which I, I'm okay with that movie, but I know some people that are absolutely fanatical about it. And it's also, it's very Rick, um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I mentioned in one of the previous episodes that I also got a huge kick of him playing uh, King Herod in a version of uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. It's it you can find that on YouTube. Um, I, I adore that song in general, and and um, I, I love what he's uh, I, I love what he did with it. Um, not perhaps traditional, shall we say, but very very Rick. Uh, I'm fond of that movie for two reasons. Number one, my girlfriend loves it. Number two, as Phoebe Cates. Being extremely adorable, <sighs> yes. Uh, as Phoebe Cates often I, is, uh, it's I just do love a, Cates. the cutest movie. Um, yeah, I yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But I, I really, uh, I really do have a little bit of a soft spot for it. So it's nice that he's in that. Uh, of course, there's Blackadder. I'm not even sure that we have to mention that, but we probably should, right? Oh yeah, Lord Flashheart, absolutely, um, absolutely. Uh, and, and I should mention the fact that I'm a little peeved. See what I did? The fact that uh, Peeves got cut oh from uh, from Harry Potter because he would have been absolutely perfect as Peeves. Absolutely mm-hmm. perfect. It's true. Uh, let's see. I can't think of anything else offhand that I have seen Rick Mail mm-hmm. in. So that brings us to Christopher Ryan, who uh, has been on Doctor Who twice Mm -hmm. old and new Uh, yes uh so he was in the episode mind warp which was part of the trial of a time lord season in 1985 that seems six six i think because is it six colin baker's two seasons were 84 and 86 they were on hiatus in 85 that's right that's right 86 so um he plays like a slug-like creature. The race, I guess, is called the Mentors, but but he looks like uh, kind of a, an amphibian with with arms and a head and a torso, but then kind of like a slug-like tail. I mean, um, the, the more important thing about that episode is is, er, is um, well, besides poor Perry, but also um, uh, Brian Blessed chewing a ton of scenery. Oh yes. Uh, it is a ridiculous episode. I, I don't particularly like it much, but it, it is fascinating. Uh, and it's interesting to see uh, Christopher Ryan. In the, he's actually quite good. Um, you know, he, he convinces me. Uh, so we have that. And then in the new series, of course, he plays a Sontaran in the Sontaran Stratagem slash the Poison Sky. And while I don't like at all what they did with the Suntarans in the new series, uh, I do like uh, to see Mike as one of them. Yeah, he was he was good in that episode. He played it, um, I thought, fairly straight and fairly. I, I thought he did a good job. You know, it, it, chances are, you know, at, we could say this about Colin Baker himself that uh, I think it comes down to. Um, you, I don't usually have a problem with the actors in Doctor Who. I have a problem with potentially, um, you know, if it's the the writing or the plotting or something like that. But the actors themselves are usually pretty wonderful, and, and I think that holds up in mm-hmm. this particular case. Very true. Uh, Christopher Ryan, of course, is also one of Adina Monsoon's wives. Wives. <laughs> He's one of her wives on Absolutely Fabulous uh, as well. Yes. Yep, Marshall. Uh 
and and he's he's pretty good in that too as the kind of long suffering it's it's uh, ex of Adina and and current of Mo. It is funny to see him very low status and a bit of a doormat if you consider the fact that he's the cool person and the top of the pecking order in the young ones by comparison. So it's an, it's a fascinating juxtaposition between the two characters. It is really uh, yeah I always enjoy it when he shows up on that show. Uh, anything else that you've seen? Christopher Ryan. Not that I can think of offhand. All right. So that brings us to Alexi Sale and yet another Doctor Who reference. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that I really remember seeing him in, and also another Colin Baker episode for that matter. Yep. Uh, the episode is Revelation of the Daleks, where he plays a DJ mm-hmm. who is spinning tunes for a uh, funeral parlor. Yeah. Mortuary? I'm not sure exactly what to call it. It's a space mortuary, I suppose. Everything is more sophisticated um, if you put the word space in front of it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I, as I recall, he weaponizes his amplifier to stop some Daleks, I think. I haven't seen that episode in so long, and, and I'm okay with it Same. going a little longer without seeing that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I kind of... It's like a lot of the Colin Baker era. I, I'd rather watch I that over Mind Warp. But, um, yeah, I admire it more than I like it. Yeah. It's a very kind of creepy, icky, sort of say-wardy episode. But uh, this isn't a Doctor Who podcast, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, anything else? I feel like I've seen him in something else, but I can't remember I'm, I'm sure I could think of something, but not offhand. Um, I, I want to mention, we, we mentioned Nigel a bit earlier. I forgot to mention that the, the one thing that I've seen, um, I think, a couple clips on, but uh, is not really TV-related, is that he played the wizard in the uh, West End production of uh, Wicked, which again, is, oh, wow. which, again, is about as un-Neil as you could possibly get. Um, I'm fascinated by that. I, I'm not super familiar with Wicked, so I can't really picture that, but maybe I'll have to look up a clip or two. Yeah. Um, were any of these people in uh, Spice World? You're asking me? I've never seen that movie, to be honest. Oh, my yeah, God. Um, Jeff, we must watch this movie. I've seen it like three or four times. Is that going to be the bonus? In the theater. Maybe. <laughs> You'll just have this I will mean, be two hours of me sobbing the entire time, I'm sure. I mean, everyone is in this movie. Everyone is in this movie. Uh, like, uh, Jennifer Saunders has a cameo in it. Um, and uh, what is Richard Richard K. O'Brien? Am I getting his name right? Riff Raff? Really? Okay. Uh, from Rocky Horror. I, it, it, it's, it's him, but part of the reason I thought of it is that it also feels a little bit like a, a part that Aid could have played, and, and part of me thinks it might actually be him. I'm going to have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure it's Richard Okay, now I, now I want Aid as Riff Raff. Yeah, that would probably work. Um, yeah, you. I think you I think you have to see this movie yeah. sooner or later. It's, it's I, amazing in a totally possibly terrible, possibly amazing way. I don't yeah. know how to explain I, it. I've had some scotch already, but like I think I would need to have a significant amount of scotch with that, which I'm okay with that, actually, to be honest. So, uh, I mean, you say that, but like you haven't seen it. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll save that for another time. Uh, we need to get into this episode soon. Okay. Um, uh, but I know that we have another topic. Uh, we could wait until after the episode, though. Maybe let's do this that. Is, okay, that's fair. That's totally fair. All right, cool. Because, let's see, so we're at measure 480, which I think means 
120. Oh, I can't do the math. Mm. We've been talking a while, I think, is what are, really what it yeah. means. So we probably should get into this into this episode. Also, my disc seems to have stopped, so I'm going to start it again. Mm. Actually, while I get my DVD player to go, let's let's hit that topic anyway. So the topic we were going to talk about was um, uh, who else would you like to see on this show? You know, for this, I was torn between, you know, would we want to pick certainly people that were around in 1982 or who do I think would be would be perfect uh, later on? And so uh, I, I started, uh, when I started writing, I was ended up writing a lot of um, names from sitcoms that were from uh, British sitcoms that were around from that era or a little bit beyond, and then I pulled a couple things that were more modern. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I, I I mentioned Chris Barry at one point. I thought he would be mm. perfect. Um, I, I I could picture him um, yelling and chewing scenery as much as anybody else did. Like I, uh, more so than any of the other members of the Red Dwarf crew, which um, I think you could put in there. But Chris Barry, I think, would fit pretty well. Uh, you know, in terms of like uh, more. More modern. Uh, I'm curious what Catherine Tate would do. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I could see her. I, I mean, she she has, you know, when she first was on Doctor Who, and everyone was like, oh, she had the variety series, and she was just doing the Am I Bothered character, or whatever. But she, she has quite a lot of range, as people have found out uh, lately. So I would have been curious to see how she would do it. I would love to see what Jane Horrocks would do. Mm, yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, I, I would. I would kill. You know, I, I went down the list for Abfab. Um, for uh, you know, if you wanted to pull a bit older, since Terry Jones pulls up in an episode, I wasn't thinking the rest of Python, but I'd be curious if you pulled like Spike Milligan. Hmm. Um, uh, you know, um, interestingly, you know, Rowan Atkinson was was around around that time. You know, and and uh, even though Tony Robinson uh, Baldrick shows up, Rowan Atkinson isn't in there. I'm curious how he would do. You know, if you're going to have since Dawn French shows up in an episode, how would uh, maybe pull Lenny Henry in? Oh yes, uh, they're they're married. Um, uh, Sandy Toxvig. Um, uh, let's see, who else did I have? I had, I, I, God, I went down a huge list. Uh, Eddie Izzard. Hmm. Um, uh, Billy Connolly. Uh, Craig Ferguson. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure whether I want to see this, but I'd love to see what if somebody said here throw Graham Norton in there somehow. <laughs> not oh that God. I picture him doing acting, but I would just be amused by that. Um, and uh, the what we do in the shadows cast. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Jermaine and and take a, I I, you know, I would love to have seen that. There's um, there's got to be a little bit of uh, young ones roots in there. I would not be surprised right. if uh, if Taika. Uh, was thinking a oh, little God. bit of the young I'm ones sure. when he was creating that. Uh, creating that I'm movie. sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, hell, let's let's put hitchhikers. Uh, throw Simon Jones or, or Mark Wing Davy in. Mm, okay. I mean, you know, you could picture them doing these little one-off characters that appear for like one scene and are gone, not even necessarily relevant to the rest of the. Uh, Isn't the rest of the scene Jeffrey McGivern in here? Briefly. I think we figured out. Um, no, it doesn't. He show up in Abfab. Like at the end of an episode where he's like a cop when they're all in jail or something like that, or or is he the one that's holding the pig? That's no, I think that's a different person. But that's I mean, kind of the role okay. I was thinking. Yeah, of. I guess we'll find out. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, was there anybody else on your list? Um, I, then I started running through who I'm like, you know, uh, obviously far too young or whatever. But you know, um, what would you do if you threw like say Matt Smith in there? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a completely different thing. Although, if you're throwing Tate, uh, Catherine Tate in, then then I, I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, some of these are just throwing the wall and see what sticks. You know, hell, you mentioned Richard O'Brien. Um, 
I could again see him popping up for a little bit. I think, and then one for totally out of left field, just because it would kill me. Maybe if you had him as as death or something, since he's done already. Christopher Lee. <laughs> that would be a funny cameo. I, I think uh, it, the thing about some of the newer names you mentioned is, I got to figure a lot of them. As I was just saying about you know what we do in the shadows, I, I got to figure a lot of them were influenced to some degree, if not by this specific show, by like the whole scene of comedy that uh, surrounded it. Uh, yeah, I would, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, that, there was such an explosion of British comedy at that point. It, um, you can't help; they couldn't have helped but be influenced by that. I, For I'm sure. sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because you have that alternative comedy, but as somebody pointed out at one point, a lot of the uh, a lot of the people that went through Footlights and and Oxford slash Cambridge, the the Oxbridge. Uh, um, group, you know, of which Python and, and Douglas Adams and stuff like that came out of, a lot of them ended up popping on the show, even though in some cases that um, the show was kind of a countercultural uh, reaction to that thing, which is funny in as much as Python was a uh, countercultural thing of its day as well, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, uh, was there anybody else on your list or should we jump into this episode? Um I also wondered, I'm like, do you think you could pull an American in there? Is it something, I mean, the show feels, you know, on one hand you figure, well, gee, college kids and stuff like that, that should be universal. But on the other hand, it feels so British to me that I, I can't picture pulling in any American uh, guest, even as a musical guest. Mm. I, I just, I, I don't picture it. Yeah, I'm not sure that I do either. Yeah. A- anyway. Um, All right. And I threw Brian Blessed in there just because <laughs> I like to see him do stuff. Yep. Uh, and he he was good in Blackadder. I mean, you know. Uh, that is true. Just just let him chew scenery and go. Speaking of scenery, yes. let's segue into this episode now. Uh, so we're going to be watching the episode Interesting. Interesting. Oh, really? How interesting. How interesting. Uh, so we are uh, queued up on our DVDs here. Uh, at least I am. Yeah. Are you, Jeff? Yes. Or are you, Jeff? I am. <laughs> right. I am. So for all of you listening at home uh, who I have your legally purchased copy of The Young Ones uh, sitting there in your DVD player or whatever it is you got, uh, your, I don't know, mind crystal from the future, whatever this is. Show me what you got. Get ready to hit play uh, on the word go. I'll say three, two, one, go, and we'll all start at the same time, and we'll have a great time. Here we go. Three, two, one, Go. Who's singing this? Is it? It can't be just Rick. Who else is singing? I'm it not with him? sure. That's a good question. I love that Rick's idea of uh, party garb is yellow overalls. Yeah, I was thinking his outfit sticks out so much in this episode. You know, he's not wearing a sh- he's not wearing the jacket or anything like that. He's just got the overalls. Yep.
This really points out just how short he is compared to the rest of them. Yeah. I want to read those buttons on Rick. Tutor jobs. The tentative side. <laughs> and part of the show's budget for this episode. You know, I do love the little bit of exposed brick. Amuses the hell out of me. Dirty hippie. Okay, I also want the great Gonzo to cameo in an episode. So is this what happens when the episode runs short? I don't know, it's kind of brilliant though. That's a solid song there. It is. (laughs) 
I love the implication that all hippies are like massively depressed. Oh, Vivian. How many episodes specifically reference cornflakes? <laughs> or lentils. Mm-hmm. Am I bothered? And <laughs> a dip. There's a lot of things I didn't catch in this episode before. Love subtitles. Oh, I don't have the subtitles on mine. Interesting. Oh. I mean, I didn't turn it on. I should that do is that. That Don French, everyone. She doesn't look like the Easter Bunny. <laughs> I assume that's not her real hair, right? I mean, because that's what threw me the first time. <laughs> Probably not. That's called baptism. <laughs> oh, I get it. Mike as Michael Jackson. Uh, adamant. Ah. He certainly is adamant. <laughs> Accurate. This is how Neil Gaiman thought of Good Omens. Probably.
Reminds me of Peter Serafinowicz. Trying to figure out who besides Nigel Planer these are. Yeah, I couldn't figure that out either. <laughs> Another thought. Simon Pegg. I want to see Simon Pegg in this. Oh, yes. Ah, I like the eclair effect better. Oh, spoilers. Yeah, this is a motif, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the Muppets used to say, if you need an ending, throw penguins in the air. So apparently this one, if you need to end a scene, hit somebody with a gigantic piece of food. He's into rubble? <laughs> I love the idea that this is a very important party for Rick. Jennifer Saunders? I swear it looks like she's wearing Rick's usual jacket. Hmm, maybe. Well, you know, they used up the budget on other things. Is that the guy that was sniffing glue in the nosing round episode? Yes. Oh my god, Rick. Rick likes a party except for when people show up. <laughs> He's not happy with anything, basically. like our only evidence that they actually go to school. Well. 
<laughs> Is that a Heineken? <laughs> Looks like one. <laughs> I do. I like the human league. They were complaining about the music. Don't they want them, baby? <laughs> Ouch. A little bit of foreshadowing for Cash. <laughs> Wrong character, but... Ah, yeah. oh, yes, this bit. Right. Worst improv game ever. They're basically 10, aren't they? <laughs> Is he going because he's going to be sick or? As long as he's not trying to like put one in, because that would be confusing. I won't speculate any further. A locust. Forty-two. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Mike, this is your moment. If you've ever heard of this band outside of this particular episode, please write us. Part of me really wants to somehow. Okay, I didn't need that. Um, part part of us. Part of me really wants to link Jennifer Saunders' character in this somehow to Eddie, like some relative or something like that. It's obviously not her, but. Oh my gosh. These are really odd lyrics. I never listened that closely to this before. Was that subtitled? I really should. Mm-hmm. Watch the subtitle. Starship Captain yep. Warlock. <laughs> he looks vaguely jokerish with um yeah with the red sprayed around there. Rick Mail as the Joker, that would have been interesting. Yeah. One of the things I love about this episode is seeing their like extended uh, friends and the 
expanded universe of the young ones. That's true, because we don't get that very much. It's usually just them mm-hmm. or little people that, that are somebody that waltzes into their lives for a little bit, but this is implied these are people that they know. We don't get much of a backstory. I mean, we get occasional mm-hmm. parents, like obviously Vivian's mom, and later on we see Neil's parents, but that's about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Warlock. <laughs> you might recognize his name somehow. Oh, God. He's kind of the Starburns of this show. Hmm. Dave's not here, man. This would not be my choice of music for a early 80s swinging party. No. You know, I occasionally hung out with folks that did things like that in college, and I can tell you that did not (laughs) happen to anybody that I'm aware of. Oh, look, it's the planet Coosbane. <laughs> they called him David Bowie also. <laughs> sure have. Brought to you by the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. (laughs) I love those little guys.
<laughs> We've seen them in other episodes too, haven't we? Yeah, they were the cops. That's from what I thought. Oil, I want to say. kind of a call back to cash or call forward <laughs> safely say this is nothing like the house parties we used to have. <laughs> Isn't it, though? There's no goths. That's uh, Well, there's also a lot less dancing anything. in this one. Um, mm -hmm. People falling asleep in, in the bathroom and um, having their legs fall asleep. What? Oh, I can tell that story afterwards. Hmm, okay. I think you might have yeah. to.
It seems so random, I think, when I was watching it as a kid, but, like, just about every moment has a cause and effect. I thought you meant the, the ending, the whole, it was just a dream. I mean, that's very Dallas, I think. No, I mean the whole thing. Yeah. Like, the the yelling at the witch, and then oh, yeah. the witch pokes something in the guy's ear, and then... Why it's... I mean, clockwork. This episode seems a bit more random to me than usual, but I think part of the point is well, it's a party. What a perfect freeze frame. Yep. Oh, I enjoyed that. I like interesting. I. I don't know. I mean, I, I liked it. There, there's no episode of this series that I don't like. But um, it, yeah. after after Bomb, like that's that's a that's a tough. This is a step down from Bomb in my opinion. But um, where would I, well, of course, where would I rate this? Because so far every episode has been to me better than the one before, and this one I think breaks that streak. But where would I put it? Is is interesting more interesting than boring? Um, I'm not well, sure. Here's here's what I have started to do, and I would uh, exhort you to do it as well. Um, I've started keeping a ranking of these episodes as we go along. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, a ranking is a very silly thing to do, especially with something like this. But I'm shut up! Try it's and serious. See what happens. It's serious, man. <laughs> so I uh, I have a ranking of the last five episodes we watched. I'm not going to reveal it right now. Uh, but I have just added interesting to that ranking in a certain spot. Uh, in- so interesting. I think I have just com- at the very yes. I was just going to say I have completely ruined. Uh, I, I've revealed my stuff ahead of time. Well, I haven't revealed where this episode fits, but I've revealed where the other ones fit. So, uh, and anyway. oh, that's true. You yeah. have. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting conversation, which I think we'll probably have in the last episode of this podcast, which is how do you rank the episodes. So we'll see. I mean, the the difficult thing for me is that the differences between them are so slight. Like like you said, I love all of these episodes a whole bunch. I'm not sure there's anyone that I actively dislike. So it's going to be interesting trying yeah. to do this at the very end. But what are podcasts for if not for arbitrary and meaningless ranking of things? This is true. This is absolutely true. I, I think it's very important. You know, I mean... Um, when when life is very tough and there's all sorts of uh, life threatening you know horrible decisions in a tough world or whatever that you know it, it's interesting when people can get together and argue about minutia because it feels like that's something you can actually control so like you know we can we can get <laughs> very very testy about these particular uh, these particular things um, I uh, oh I don't think we'll be that no I don't think so either but. Um, what, uh, oh, I was going to tell you a story. I was going to tell everybody a story. I think about um, uh, about uh, house parties and and 
personal okay. relation. It, well, we we should talk more about this episode, but let's let's do the story first. Okay. Uh, so, um, I, well, I was just remarking the fact that um, you know that this doesn't quite fit with you know the type of house parties that we had to some extent. I mean, we we lived in um, as was called uh, drama house, and it was on the. Uh, it was on the frat quad. It was a converted frat, so uh, the frats were not exactly thrilled. I think that, um, you know, for, for drama, we didn't really fit with the rest of the frat quad. And some of them were okay about it. Some of them were less okay about it. Uh, but, you know, we had the breakers to the entire frat quad in the um, in the basement, so uh, we, we held all the cards, as it were. Um, but it, it, that's kind of not secret. The point is, the story I was going to tell was that there was one particular... Um, was not a house member, but was the boyfriend of a certain house member. Um, and uh, he had wandered into the, the bathroom. He'd had a few to drink and um, wandered in somewhere around, you know, 1 a.m. or whatever. And, and we finished the party up around 2.30 or whatever it was. And so we are cleaning up and, and, um, and said house member was like, where's my boyfriend? Like, I don't know. Did he go home? I don't know. And uh, we, we, we couldn't find him. And suddenly we ended up on the second floor bathroom and somebody, I don't know if they heard him. I think they had to go is what happened. And they, they, they got into the bathroom and from an adjacent stall, they heard. <laughs> so appar- oh apparently he had fallen asleep, um, while on the toilet and they, they, um, they woke him up and they're like, dude, dude, wake up or whatever. And apparently, like, his feet had fallen asleep and were numb and he couldn't get up. I mean, there was alcohol <laughs> involved, too. So uh, sure. I remember that his his girlfriend needed to actually, um, I, I, I think she had help, too, but, like, haul him out of the bathroom and, and pull his pants up and drag him to the, uh, drag him to the, the room, which is fortunately, fortunately on the same floor. Um was this your freshman year? I don't think so. I, I thought it would have been my... Hmm. I was going to guess my sophomore year, which would have been your freshman year, but it's possible. No, because no, I was living in the house already at that point, and my freshman year, I didn't live in the house. I didn't live there till sophomore oh. year. So, um, well, then, I must remember this, but... Uh, yeah. Um, hmm. Well, you can tell me after where you start recording who this oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I will. Um, yeah. Um, but that's that's pretty great. Um, it, it does feel like something actually that could have happened in this episode. Oh, totally. Probably to Neil. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, toilets involved, that seems <laughs> appropriate for this show. Absolutely. Somehow. So yeah, let's, let's talk about interesting for a minute. I mean, I think a couple of the things that I think are interesting about interesting, we remarked on during the episode, one of which is just the sort of, um, <laughs> it's kind of a Doctor Who type observation, but like the larger world that is implied by all the things that happen in here and the people that they meet, like uh, Rick's uh, history with his professor who shows up, who he's clearly trying to impress and is is awed by his sociology professor, basically, and the sociology professor's like, oh, God. <laughs> um, and then uh, Fisher, the would-be anarchist mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that Rick clearly knows, um, but I guess not that well. I don't think Fisher knows him because he's like, ah, oh, social activist, eh? Uh, because they've, uh, he apparently doesn't know who Rick is, but he's figured it out. Maybe there are buttons on his, his, uh, overalls that we still can't identify. They've got a secret handshake I, that we haven't seen, you know. 
I just love these little glimpses of these characters. Yeah, well, uh, it's interesting that they know and trying to figure it out. It is interesting. The one character who comes back is uh, is Warlock. You know, hence the uh, mm-hmm. the name. I mean, other than that, these are all one offs. Even though you know we have characters, uh, we have actors who pop up in different roles as Jennifer Saunders will, and well, hell is Dawn French will as well. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Warlock is the only recurring uh, character and. Um, mm-hmm. That's interesting <laughs> in its own regard. I really need to look up who plays him, actually, as well as a few other people in this. That's episode, funny. Just I, to... I did look that up last week, and I don't remember why I did that, oh, and did. I don't remember a darn thing about it. So I'm completely useless right now. But um... <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I'll look it up while we're talking. The, I don't know there why. There was something I'm I remember being shocked to... at, and I was like, "Really? That he did that later on? I don't remember." Um, yeah. Let's see. Oh, you know, there's a Young Ones wiki. There is. The youngones.fandom.com. Uh, Warlock is the name of one of Neil's hippie acquaintances who appears in the episodes Interesting and Cash. He is not really a friend to Neil, as he has no respect to Neil, for Neil, and is continuously trying to get him wasted because he has constantly wasted himself. I, I disagree with that. Uh, I think he's doing uh, Neil a lot of favors there. That's the happiest we've probably ever seen him. Uh, he has claimed that he is from the planet Freakout over a police radio. Uh, uh, so that's all we got. Uh, so I still don't. No, know I went to IMDb. Dig IMDb. That's probably better. Um, yeah, under interesting, under cash. Paul Bradley is the name of the actor, um, and uh, and the things that he's done. He was in an episode of Red Dwarf. Um, hmm. Let's see. Uh, um, he plays the guitar and cello tape. Yes, really, with the progressive folk band. The the Kippers. Um, he apparently appeared on EastEnders. Um, there's something in particular I could have sworn that... Um, I was like, I, Chris, what was he in in Red Dwarf? Um, I don't know why I saw... Oh, there he is. Okay, I found him. Four episodes, it says. So he must be a different character in some of the other ones. Uh, Red Dwarf Chen. Back of the Red, Balance of Power, I, The End. So I... I th- Chen, was he on the original ship? I, I'm not entirely sure. Oh, it says he was the pilot in Demo- Demolition, or one of them. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, Or the pilot, I right. guess. And it says he's in Nasty, but it doesn't explain yep. who he is. That's very interesting. Um, apparently there's a TV series called Bradley, where he was Bradley. Interesting. And he's he... Bottom. Mm-hmm. I was just about to say the same thing. He was in The Pianist. <laughs> The pianist. Ka- yeah, okay. Ka- I guess I don't know him Catherine from anything t- else. I'm casualty, I don't... doctors. All these all mm. these shows that I know of are British series that I have never seen a single episode of. Interesting. I don't know why I got the impression that he was probably someone uh, that I should have recognized from another show, yeah. but apparently not. Um, let's see. Other things about interesting that are interesting. I mean, this continues the theme that, that these guys, in terms of their sophistication about women or, and really everything else are about like 10 years old. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, all right. The, the bit with, um, the bit with Rick rummaging through the, um, through the knapsack and coming up with a certain object that he has no idea what it is at all. Um, I, I think that just, that, that speaks volumes all by itself. <laughs> yes. I mean, Yes, <laughs> it's such a weird scene, and and Vivian, of course, is right into it. That's uh, 
Uh, that's what he assumes it is as well as a telescope. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else about this one? Uh, the Human League. I love if the Human League record shows up in this. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. Um, I think we mentioned the fact that probably the the least known band um, uh, in the entire series, even more so than Amazulu, I think. Um, uh, Rip Rig and Panic. I have to look them up as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, interesting. It's a. Sorry, go ahead. I, I, no, I have nothing to say about that beyond that. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, I mean, this is one of those songs that I fast forwarded through uh, when I was watching this as a kid. I don't know why I was like, just not interested in the music, but, uh, you know, it's certainly different from now where I'm like, okay, I'll listen to anything just about once. They they Um, do do a good job, you know, watching watching in the background of, uh, of, you know, all the actors that are supposed to, because it's a party being celebrating or whatever. And it was interesting that they're, they're at least making it look like they're, they're into it. They're not bored. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do love um, I, I love Jennifer Saunders uh, her outfit and her makeup or whatever like I mean the, the most screaming 80s of uh, of anybody's outfit in that entire show it is but it's pretty terrific oh yeah like, absolutely no I'm, I'm not saying that as a, as a negative thing I'm just solid outfit yeah, um, let's see I, I don't know I feel like maybe we've covered everything I'm trying to remember if there was anything else I wanted to touch on just jokes that I love I suppose um I love the the Roger Bannister joke oh god yes um I love when Vivian tells the skeleton to stay there <laughs> the thing that's interesting with the Roger Bannister one is you know for the most part when there are these little asides or things that happen to inanimate objects that's usually members of the house and the fact that 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 Jennifer does that is is uh like all of a sudden it's like okay that kind of uh lunacy is not just confined to them yeah um, there, there's something very interesting about that to me so it, this might be a stupid question is <laughs> nip, Aide nip, wearing nip, a, nip. <laughs> is Aid Edmondson wearing a bald cap when his hair falls off as Vivian or is he wearing some kind of wig the rest of the time interesting I mean you know I, I can picture him as being somebody who would completely um, completely uh, throw himself into the part. I'm trying to remember. In bottom, is he? Is he uh, uh, completely clean shaven? I don't remember. I like, do not. Like remember. I feel like I've seen him before, not having anything on his head, which is partially why you know when he pops in for a second in um, in uh, in Abfab. Well, besides the fact that he's obviously being rather posh or whatever, that that like it, it took me a second to recognize him. Because I, I think it's interesting, even mm-hmm. though I mentioned for for Star Wars that I recognized him immediately. But yeah, there, there's something about you know, what's the first thing you see him in, and afterward you expect that he's going to have that hair and that hairstyle and and the uh, you know the three stars on his head. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, uh, and just reiterating other observations I made during the episode, which is just that. Uh, this show's view of hippies is that they're all like clinically depressed, which is so fascinating. It's not something I, I would ever have thought of except for this show. Um, maybe it's not hippies in general. Maybe it's just uh, hippies named Neil who are friends with Neil. 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to say Warlock seems pretty happy. It's a Neil trait? Warlock seems pretty yeah, happy. Yeah, I guess you're so, right. You know, I, I think of the fact that, um, all right, this is not a good parody, uh, a good uh, comparison, but, you know, in um, in Commedia dell'arte, you know, you have kind of the sad clown and the happy clown. So uh, it's the sad hippie and the happy hippie. The, the I think we found... Pedro Lino and the Arlecchino. <laughs> I think we've found our clip for the uh, the trailer to this podcast, which is you comparing the young ones to Commedia dell'arte. Well, although you kind of, I mean, there's probably some comparison there. There is. I mean, you know, you have. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of funny that not so much comparison to Commedia dell'arte characters, but in the idea of being very strong caricatures that don't have a lot of internal thoughts that kind of jump from one place to another. But, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how they would map onto the usual commedia types. You have the, the old man characters, you have the young lovers, you have, like I mentioned, uh, the sad and happy clowns, you have the, the uh, doctor know-it-all type. I, I mean, I could kind of map them, but not not really, but I, I think it's more it's less the individual characters and the fact that you have an archetype and you have things that are played very broad. Um, that mm-hmm. definitely fits in the idea of having shtick in there. Like, I can imagine, um, like, if, if, you, if you're familiar with the Groundlings at all, that, I mean, you know, uh, where, where, like, P.B. Herman came out of in L.A. and things like that, and I think even SNL at some point started doing something like that, is, you know, when you get a character and you get an ensemble of a certain set of characters uh, that are very well known and then, you know, you can improv off those characters. Uh, the characters are set, but the situations are, are changed, and, and, you know, you don't have to invent the new characters immediately out of whole cloth. That part of it, at least, is fixed. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and I can imagine that. I can imagine easily doing that with something like, like the young ones. The characters, I think, are pretty well understood at this point, that you can imagine, you know, if you have four people that, that are good enough at aping the young ones, you could actually throw them in and say do a do a skit and um and um and you know like i said the things that would feel true to the character and i I feel like that's that that's the mark of having um having really really hit the mark of these particular very strong um uh, i'm gonna stop saying the word character a million times but it's i I, (laughs) i'm sorry i'm out of synonyms uh what i think is sort of funny is that uh we we're trying to do a podcast about the show. And we actually know very little about it. Like I'm I'm really curious about the origins of it, and I feel like there must be some uh, documentary out there or something that sort of goes into that. There is there is a there is a documentary. I, I watched it a long time ago, and I've forgotten absolutely everything about it. Clearly, so uh, <laughs> um, so I don't know. Perhaps we should you know I don't know do our research before the next episode, but that implies we're doing doing work and planning these sorts of things or or maybe we'll do it in between the first set of six episodes and the next six and all of a sudden we'll come back and be this incredible font of knowledge and you'll be like where the hell was that during the first half of this series (laughs) yes um i'll say one more thing and then we probably should wrap it up because this is looking like a very long episode for some reason um i just looked up ben elton uh, in the Kindle store, and there are he's written a bunch of novels. I didn't realize how much he's done, and I'm really curious to know how those uh, play out, given the the kind of writing that was happening here in this uh, in this series. He's been so prolific. I mean, you know, in terms of uh, Broadway shows and and things like that. In terms of well, you know, we did. Um, 
as I recall correctly, uh, the skinhead Hamlet that we put on in uh, in college, I believe that was Ben Elton that wrote that, wasn't it? Oh, I bet you're yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that just screams, I mean, that, that feels like a person that wrote this show would, would have written something like that, too. I mean, it just, it feels mm-hmm. totally, totally in character. I think you're right. Well, Jeff, let's wrap up this episode. Okay. I think it's about time. Uh, so uh, thank you for listening. We will talk to you again next time. Or talk at for you. The, uh, for the ultimate episode, meaning the last episode of season one, which is Flood. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to sign off now. I am Drew. I'm Jeff. And this has been Starship Podcast Warlock. Warlock. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.